You're listening to another podcast from the Heinz Convention Centre as part of Red Hat Summit. I'm joined by Duncan Doyle and Matthew Dubu. So, guys, introduce yourselves. Duncan first. Hi, I'm Duncan. I'm the JBoss middleware architect for the consulting division in uh, in EMEA. And over here for the summit to uh, do a JBoss data grid lab session, which we did yesterday. Mm -hmm. And um, see my colleagues and, and get acquainted with the new stuff that's... JBoss and Red Hat put out for the uh, upcoming releases. Cool. And Matthew? Uh, I'm a JBoss middleware architect. Uh, do a lot of the financial institutions in uh, London. Actually from the U.S. I came over as a consultant. I've spent the last couple of years uh, as a solution architect uh, taking a look at how we can get our products into. Are you actually based in London or Farnborough? Or? I'm based in London. Okay. Cool. Excellent. I didn't realize that. So, Summit's already starting to take shape. Do you think it's going to be busy this year? Um, the first couple of days, I think uh, we've done JudCon. It's been very tech-oriented, and it's actually been very interesting. A lot of uh, good conversations that we've been able to have. Um, you can kind of feel the momentum as uh, Summit's picking up and uh, some of the machinations of, uh, of it coming out. So it looks like a lot of people are coming into uh, the convention center, and it should be you know, quite busy, quite bustling so far. Okay. Duncan, from a middleware perspective, how do you think the developer days have gone so far? Well, JustCon is absolutely fabulous. If you see what the uh, the Red Hat and JBoss and FuSource uh, engineering teams have done in the last couple of months, it's just just amazing. And I'm very excited to see those new features come into the uh, the enterprise products. Uh, it's been re- very very nice the uh, last two days. Yes. And 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 your slot yesterday went really well. Uh, it went very well. It's uh, always very difficult to to do a, uh, a specific feature like we. Our talk was on JBoss Data Grid, yeah. Um, uh, and a specific feature of that was uh, the cross-site replication of uh, of Data Grid, and it's always kind of hard to demonstrate those specific features, which are actually meant for large-scale deployments in a hands-on lab session on your local computer. But it went very nice. We gave the attendees. Uh, a nice overview of the features. We gave them some some examples that they can take home and play with, and the feedback was uh, was very very good. Good. Okay. I know Eric was up with his session this afternoon. I didn't get a chance to sit. I, the thing is, I've been sitting recording with headphones on the entire time, so I don't get a chance to go into any of these sessions. I know that there's uh, a lot of excitement around Jim's keynote that's coming up later on this afternoon. Um, a lot of the activities at Summit, it's well worth people who are listening to this podcast actually at Summit actually getting into these breakout sessions because the amount you learn is absolutely huge, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of information uh, um, and a lot of very interesting things coming up in the uh, in the new uh, in the new JBoss products. What's especially interesting is to see that how all these products and and projects evolve and start interacting with each other to enable new features and enable new possibilities for Red Hat customers. Okay, so the acquisition of FuSource last year it's really opened the doors for us to be able to do more cool stuff, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, but we should we should well the cool stuff. Yes, it's it's very cool technology. There is there is very cool stuff in there, and it's very nice to see how that interoperates. And 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 that's, I think, a challenge for Red Hat as well, to to have that cool stuff interoperate into our and 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 combine into our enterprise products to go from cool to enterprise stability. Um, but I think with FuSource, at least they had existing customers, the Specsavers, the Walmarts, the US Federal Aviation Authority, who were actually out there using the code 
in, in live in real time. Yeah, exactly. What I, what I meant to say is 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 that the integration with our products enables Fuse customers as well to to get their hands on new BRMS, technology. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, 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 especially things like BRMS yeah. and and business process management, uh, which we provide in our JBoss portfolio in combination with uh, with things like ActiveMQ and Camel, combined in in projects like SwitchArt and more governance like projects which uh, enterprise product uh, customers ask for uh, and that's a very interesting combination to get the camel active mq now integrated with things like business process management and business rules management systems one of the questions i wanted to ask both of you was the fact that you know often when i get involved with doing jboss and middleware stuff in the cloud it seems to be a very hectic landscape my favorite desktop on my desktop wallpaper at home on my big workstation has the all the jboss project names all sitting there and things like picket link and picket post when are you guys going to make these this, these projects actually become products because they do so much of the cool stuff that i need to be able to do some of the products i think uh or projects that you refer to are actually just embedded pieces within the the products that we provide some of them are just implementation details that have been hardened and matured in the community so i think uh when you kind of look at the big picture of everything that's out there a lot of them are already incorporated into our hardened products uh, that that are available and consumed by our customers. And we have a new project name. Do you want to tell us about it at all? A new product name. I, I assume you're referring to Wildfly. Yeah, what did the Wildfly... I mean, this is the thing. This is the other thing. You guys in the JBoss community come up with the best names and best monikers for your projects. Well, well, that's the one thing. I, I tell the, 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 the key thing that I tell my customers... Uh, because we encourage them use, to use the enterprise products, is that they should know that it is a community one because it actually has a cool name. Yeah, yeah. You know, when it goes to enterprise or data or JBoss or something, if it's Wildfly or Iron Jackamar or something along those lines, you know that it's going to be, um, you know, a community project rather than you know something that's part of a product. Um, but yeah, I think uh, definitely. I guess it was new how they came up with the Wildfly. They allowed it to go to kind of a vote. I'm sure they limited the pool because there was probably some wild things that were out there that maybe sure. weren't, uh, you know, acceptable for everybody. But yeah, I think that's part of the fun. Um, if you look at even the releases of some of the products they have, you know, rather than having to use conventions for numbers, they can come up with a theme and then progress the name from there. So I think. You know, if you're doing a lot of work as an engineer, sometimes you get rewarded a little bit by being able to be a little bit playful with the names and the now you, number. You two spend a lot of time in front of customers, so customers who are using WebSphere and WebLogic. Are you still seeing the ramp up of customers who are migrating away to JBoss as an alternative? I think absolutely. And if you look at uh, the, the migration center that's coming out, the, a lot of our customers are eagerly looking to, to move to the JBoss, uh, like, for example, EAP. And they want to have guidance on how to be able to make that migration. So uh, through the feedback that we've gotten on the field and pushed up through, you know, through the business units, they decided that, you know, we absolutely need to have some single place where the customers can go, can be directed and find out how they can do the migrations. Because they've already bought into our, our products and they, they want to use them for the, for the greenfield applications. But they need a, a path to go from, from their legacy and, you know, we need to help kind of educate them on how to best do that. And that's kind of how, one of the ways that we're trying to do it. A lot of the time when I talk about JBoss, I often describe it as middleware for the cloud. Do you think that's the right description to use? I think absolutely. If you look at the, the last couple of releases of, uh, let's just say EAP, um, Enterprise Application Platform, the focus has been on multi-tenancy and speed the ability to start it up quickly, configure it easily and consistently. And those are kind of the key, you know, recipe or part of the key uh, elements to 
cloud enable something so that it can be started up quickly so that you don't have to wait. Whereas before, I think if you looked at some of the application platforms, it was more about we want to cover every possible feature and load it all up at once. Now I think that we're a little bit more selective on what gets loaded up uh, so that you know the, the, the application itself can determine how it gets started up rather than the container kind of dictating the overall kind of startup process. And how proud are you of JBoss being the glue really behind a lot of the OpenShift stuff as well? I, I think uh, if you look at um, you know the, what we provide uh, as, as different cartridges, I think based off of the feedback that I've seen, one of the popular ones is definitely EEP because it's something that provides the enterprise level features, but also kind of has that quick startup time that you see out of the kind of the more smaller what was considered to be lightweight platforms. I think we'd like to consider now uh, JBoss to be a lightweight platform to go along with you know some of the, the jetties and netties that are out there. Now, getting a talk submitted and accepted for Summit is always difficult, and I know you had the disappointment last year of not making it to Summit. It must be great to be here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's absolutely fabulous <clears throat> to see people, uh, um, uh, to have the ability to talk about the, the, the products and the platforms that we're passionate about and that we see uh, being used at, at enterprise customers and getting direct feedback from enterprise customers here at the Summit. Uh, another great thing is that we as more um, customer-facing consultants and architects now have the ability to uh, talk to our engineers uh, more directly and and get acquainted with with them and provide a direct feedback loop. It's it's absolutely fabulous to be be here. I think one of the things you'll notice about Summit, because is is this the first Summit you've been to or the second one? This is the first one. The first one. I remember last year going up and down escalators and they were a real melting pot of different customers who were all trying to solve the same real world problems all commonality was the fact they were Red Hat customers using Red Hat or JBoss products a lot of them trying to solve the same issues in the data center and their ability to then go desk side with the engineers and the actual developers you can't do that in very many organizations you can't see the secret source if you go to a Microsoft conference you're talking to the product guys you're not talking to the guys who are actually generating the code yeah, you have very within Red Hat, uh, and not only at the summit, but also if you look at their consulting division, there are very short lines between our consultants, uh, our our support engineers, and the actual engineers, which makes uh, uh, Red Hat. Uh, a company that can react on customer questions and on customer requirements very, very fast. Uh, we see that with support, with, with getting out bug fixes, one-off patches for customers, but also getting new features into the products. The, 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 the communication channels are, are very, very direct. Yeah, and I'll just to, to second that, I think, uh, you know, I, I work in London, um, and there's actually a very strong engineering presence presence that exists in the UK that exists in EMEA and we'll actually bring customer bring the engineers to customer visits when we're talking about roadmaps or maybe we have you know a very detailed low-level discussion with you know very technical customers they we don't want to just take the information and then relay it back and come back we just bring them directly to the meetings because you know we're we're actually very close-knit and as, as, as Duncan had mentioned there isn't a big a gap between the, those that are on the field and those that are doing engineering. And I think it's important to communicate and you know bring those messages all together at once. I think we're really fortunate at Red Hat. We do have some incredible people, the likes of the Jeremy Browns in the UK operation especially. And I often sit at Red Hat tour events, you know, spellbound by the fact that these guys have just got so much information like a sponge around the whole open JRE piece. And web application development has moved to the cloud now. 
more responsibilities on the CIO as well as the developers to make sure that their applications are cloud-centric. And JBoss really allows people to move those applications, those workloads a lot quicker than they've ever been able to do before, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it isn't uh, kind of just lucky that things turned out this way. I think there was a recognition by our engineering and product management that, you know, we needed to make things, once we realized more what the cloud was going to be, we needed to architect our applications or our platforms to, to fit within there. So if you look at EAP 6, it's actually based off of AS7. That's because midstream through the creation of AS6, which would have been the upstream for EAP 6, we go, we need to go a different direction. We need to you know, bite the bullet and say, we need to re-architect this to fit in the cloud. So everything that we've done has really been kind of aligned and has dovetailed nicely into what's going on with the cloud. Yeah, another thing is that you can make your products and your platforms cloud-enabled, but if you look from an application architecture perspective, there's also a massive part in, in application architecture that you need to do to make it cloud-enabled. And, and what we see in our products and our platforms that we give you the tools and the possibility to correctly architect your applications. For example, SOA uh, has been a big hype the last last 10 years. Um, uh, cloud is the new big a big hype, or you wouldn't say it would be. It is a hype, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's the, the, the direction that everybody's going. But I think our products and and uh, especially uh, things like SOA give us the possibility to to logically separate our applications, our semantics, our logic, so we can actually push them into the cloud. Um, somebody once said spaghetti in your own business, in your own data center is one thing, but spaghetti in the cloud yep. is it's, it's, it's even worse. Uh, and I think JBoss and, and our tool set and our platforms like BRMS, like SOA Platform, like JBPM, allow you to architect your systems and applications in a way that enables you to get them into the cloud correctly. I mean, JBoss has something which a lot of other open source projects which have become products what it has from a a caliber perspective is it's obvious when you go from a free to fee to go from a drills to brms or to go from a dot org unsupported application development mentality with the jboss developer studio you know you get the the the, the id of your choice but it's at a level where you can support it as a CIO. you're not introducing new dangers yeah and it's and all of the things and and that's what matt referred to is is very lightweight as well so um, we provide more and more enterprise features, out-of-the-box uh, 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 features and possibilities, but we still give you the freedom to do whatever you want with our products. We don't limit you. You have the source code. You have the extension hooks. We give you all the possible tools to, uh, what it said, create your applications in the way you want them to be created and you want them to function. I think that's a big value behind JBoss and, and open source, being able to extend it to your liking. Duncan, Matthew, thanks very much for taking the time today to be on the podcast. I do appreciate it. All right, thanks for having us. Thank you.